0: Good Evans, it's a Bobcast. Hello, welcome to episode five with your host, Bob Evans. That's me, real name Kevin Mitchell. Um, I just got back from my holiday in Thailand just a couple of days ago, which was great. It was lovely uh, swimming every day. Um, Not without its challenges, though, when you're uh, traveling, when you're on holidays as a family with two children under the age of five um pretty much on day one of the holiday my eldest daughter ella had um one of her teeth became it was became loose now you know not a big deal really but she's not even five yet so it's pretty we weren't expecting her to start losing teeth so that kind of freaked us out a little bit she just lost it the other day her first tooth and you know i mean there was the odd trip to the uh you know, local Thai hospital for uh, viral conjunctivitis and the odd uh, two-year-old tantrum that we also had to deal with. But apart from that, it was lovely. Every day was 30 degrees, pretty much, uh, and it was very nice. But I'm back home now and here to present um, another Bobcast. Now, uh, also, uh, my record car boot sale is out, has been out for a few weeks now. Thank you very much to everyone who has purchased it. Um, If you haven't, please do. I'm going to be going on tour, taking this record on tour, launching it all around the place uh, in August. And those tickets are on sale now. So I'm going to be bringing with me a very special guest, Melody Poole. And the tour starts in Adelaide on August the 4th. It goes through uh, WA, Queensland, New South Wales, ending in Melbourne at Howler on August the 13th. Some of those tickets are uh, selling quickly, and uh, Adelaide, for example, will probably sell out. So if you're in Adelaide and you want to come, please snap up your tickets quickly. Sydney is also selling fast as well. Yeah, I've got a great band, and it's going to be a really, really good night. So um, yeah, I'd love it if you if you uh, snapped up a ticket and came along. So yes, the Bobcast, of course. We're up to episode five, and... Um, Um, If you've been enjoying them, uh, I would love it if you went on iTunes and gave it a rating and a review. I think it kind of helps. And also the Good Evans It's a Bobcast soundtrack, the official soundtrack, is up on Spotify. Every single podcast I do, I add three new songs to the soundtrack based on my guests' uh, suggestions. And that list is ever-growing and already fairly eclectic. All right, so let's get into it. Episode five. Now, because I was on holidays, I haven't had time. Oh, yes, and I was going to talk. I had a guest lined up to talk to um, when I got home the other day. Um, But unfortunately, they had to um, reschedule for the following week. So I suddenly had no one uh, to talk to. But what I did have up my sleeve was a recording that I did with a good friend of mine from Perth, Steve Parkin. Now, way back when I decided to do this uh, podcast thing, I wasn't really sure, well, I didn't even really know what podcasts were back then, but before I recorded my episode one with Tony Buchan, I wanted to do a practice run. So I got on Skype with Steve Parkin, who I've known for a long, long time. He played in the uh, very first incarnation of the Bob Evans Band that toured Suburban Songbook. And we also made a record together, The Basement Birds album with Josh Pike and Cav Templey, that came out in 2010. Um, So yeah, he's been one of my best mates for a long, long time. And I knew that he would be a great person to um, practice with. So we got on Skype and we basically just did a rehearsal podcast that uh, was never really intended to be aired. I didn't really know. I mean, I thought there was a chance it might be. Um, And that chance has arrived. Um, So I've Pulled it out of the vaults, dusted it off, and um, that's what you're going to hear now. The very, very first. This is like, you know what this is? It's the pilot. This is the pilot episode of Good Evans It's a Bobcast. You know, the one that we made just to see if we could get it off the ground, and... Now you are going to hear it Obviously there is a language warning Of course if you don't like rude words Be warned there will be plenty of them Over the next hour and a bit So yes my, my special guest Steve Parkin Here we go Episode 5 of Good Evans It's a Bobcast <laughs> This Steve <laughs> for That's being one. my for being my guinea pig. I mean, I guess the sort of purpose of uh you know the purpose of this is a ironing out all my sort of technical issues mm. and b just figuring out if I can actually just maintain a conversation with someone for you know yeah thirty thirty minutes to forty five minutes. Now you know obviously with someone like you, I. I feel pretty confident that I can because mm. you know we've known each other for a long time. Are, are
1: we recording now? We are. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Great. Great. Um, is this going but, out live now? <laughs> it is. <laughs> this is going out live worldwide. Wow, um, that's awesome. I know. It's but a couple the, of old guys. A couple of old guys like us. Just well, know, maybe the technology. I think it's that's incredible that we've managed to achieve that. One, one, a little bit older than the other. Okay. It's, it's I mean, a, I,
0: I'm still, i am am I'm still a, I'm still a thirty-something. Mm, yeah, <laughs>
1: not for long, but uh, not for much longer. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, anyway, I'm a podcast I, virgin. I'm a podcast virgin. Well, you know? me so, too. It's this is like it, that's
0: that's this is actually quite beautiful because mm. I'm a podcast virgin as mm. well. Uh, did I just say I'm a podcast virgin? virgin? Yeah. V- version. I'm a, like, I'm a like a I'm virgin. A, yeah, like yeah, a virgin. Yeah. So it's kind of like for both of us, this is like the first. The first time. It's it's kind and, of our
1: first foray into the 21st century, if you will. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Just a couple of old guys, one slightly older than the other. Yep. Chewing the fat. Thrust, thrusting, <laughs> thrusting themselves into the future. That's right. You know, uh, it, it was quite funny because before we talked on the phone, and
1: mm-hmm. we
0: were both having some um, we we're both having technical. We were both having to. Te- I was going through a second. Tech- I've spent all day, right? Like I- I've had the kids all day because Kristen's been at work, and then when she came home from work, we had to go to the to the- a doctor's appointment for the kids, and then she had a hair appointment. Anyway, it got to like a couple of hours before we started talking, and I was- all I'd done is just sort of read articles online about like how you how to record on Skype whilst also recording yourself and all these different fucking things you have to do yeah, and. Yeah. um it was only up until a couple of hours ago that I started actually kind of finding the leads that I needed and putting everything together and just like yeah. I was, I'm I'm not a very technical. I don't. I'm not really a tech head at all. No, at no, now. no. Me neither. Me neither. Yeah. I've always just sort of um, learnt what I needed to learn, got by with what I've needed to get by with, just to in order to kind of
1: do what I needed to do. Well, I've been in um, your studio, Kev. I have seen your gramophone esque. Uh, set up. Have,
0: I know people you know? always. People still. People still laugh when, when they ask me like how I record demos and stuff, and they still mm. laugh. People are still surprised when I tell them I don't have a computer. I don't have yeah. um, any kind of uh, re- software like recording software and stuff. I still. I basically got a glorified four track. Yeah, you're a steampunk, uh,
1: Kev. You're a steampunk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you're the Nick. You're the Nikola. Nikola Tesla. You're the Tesla <laughs> of, That's it. You know, you of Australian yeah, Australian recording artist. Something yeah. I've always, I've always admired. You know that you can actually get anything recorded. I think it's amazing. Well, although uh, it
0: wasn't um, <laughs> wasn't Nikola Tesla? What was, was the Nikola, weird thing? Yeah, well, Nik- Nikola Nikola Tesla and um, and,
1: and, and Edison.
0: Uh, Edison. And didn't right. they have some kind of weird rivalry? And, and well, yeah. And, and
1: I'd even, I'd even posit actually, I think you yep. would be Edison, and I definitely would be Tesla here. You know, I mean, <laughs> probably, was probably, the, yeah, yeah, the one who ripped off uh, Tesla basically, and you know, took over the light globe business. But I'm um, sorry, we I, I digressed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that's good. That's I, what this is. That's what this is all about. Isn't this that, podcast or, is all about digressing. Or, it's like, all about
1: just tangents and just going off just talking about yes. absolute rubbish. Absolute. <laughs> not not <laughs> absolute rubbish. So I said, no, I get it. I get it. I get it. Not absolute rubbish. Sorry, just... if I interrupted you. And you were saying how difficult it was for you to uh, get this set up. And from my end, it, it's taken me basically up until we've started talking now <laughs> yeah. to get my Skype account even working. For some reason, I had three different Skype accounts. I, I, I don't even remember registering for one. So, I, that's quite a, a you know a, a thing for me but i got it i got it we we we're, we're up and running kev we
0: did it we are we're up and running i mean i hear like every now and then like i can hear your um this your the audio signal kind of cutting out a little bit ah. I, I think um i think it seems to mostly happen when we're both talking at the same time okay it seems to me when there's like little gaps it's fine but every now and then when we're both sort of talking there's like uh, I don't know, but whatever. It doesn't, I mean... is, that,
1: is that your way of saying, Steve, shut up and let me ask the question? <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't asked a single question okay, yet. Okay, okay. Let's, all Right, take, ready, take two.
0: Okay, Head. one, two, three. Hi, welcome to my podcast. I'm Bob Evans. Oh, that's the other thing too. Like, this is a Bob Evans
1: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I think that we you should use the all of this. All of this so far, as like, <laughs> even to the point where we just said take two, yeah, yeah. I think it's still gold. I think it's all gold, everything we've been talking about here. Nik- Tesla, <laughs> Edison, <laughs> how well, shit look, we are with computers. you know? But I, yeah, well, fuck,
0: I could talk about how shit I am with computers for a long time. But what I would like to do, Steve, yeah. if you will indulge me, is – do you sort of use iTunes a lot? Do you do you buy stuff of iTunes? Do you listen to music through iTunes or, or are you sort of not that way inclined?
1: Um, Yeah, I, I mean, obviously I think most of us do now. We kind of have to. So, yeah, I do listen to, you know, and definitely, you know, when I'm throwing one of my famous parties. um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'll, you know, the easy way is to... You know, to just get a playlist on on iTunes and and set it going with. with yeah. Actually, when I, I I do a couple of DJ sets, and you can see the inverted comma fingers I've just done then, where is that? I, is it is that are those inverted commas?
0: Yeah, uh, reference to the fact that you don't play vinyl.
1: Yeah, basically that I, I set yeah. up my iTunes on shuffle with yeah yeah crossfade of twelve seconds leave it going drink booze and pretend I'm DJing and it's, it seems yeah. to that works for me so yeah yeah I use I use iTunes yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you were to open up your uh, top 25 most played songs Okay. give me here can we, you d- yep yep I'm on to do it that for me give me so what would right. what's number t- what's number 10
1: okay now do I have to – I mean, obviously I'll have multiples for the Beatles and David Bowie. So I'll try and – because otherwise the whole 25 would pro- probably just be Beatles and David Bowie. So we don't want to – that's a bit boring. So what I'll do is – You know, we'll, let's cross that, okay, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Okay, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. So, yeah, my, number 10, did you say? Yeah,
0: yeah, number 10. Nice, A nice kind of strong Great. round
1: number. Okay. Would be I can Tina Turner, Bush City Limits.
0: Wow that's, That that surprises me uh, Well, you know, that, Why does that surprise but, you, Kev? <laughs> well, um, not because I Because, I mean, it's a It's a wonderful classic song mm. But it surprises me because I just, I guess I just It's hard for me to put, sort of Envisage in my head Steve Parkin and Liz, Just cranking up a bit of Bush City yep. <laughs> You Dancing know, <laughs> I'm a dancing man <laughs> Is that the kind of uh, environment in which you would crank up a bit of nutbush? Or?
1: Well, that's prob—it's probably you know Judas' my inverted commas DJ sets inverted commas. But um, I in mean, mean it's, all- it's a classic. It's a classic song, man. It's a classic track. The sound is is just like timeless, and so it's kind of that. There would be in my Saturday night, you know, like party iTunes shuffle sets for sure. Yeah. Do that's you know? Pro- do you know what it's about? Um. I think it's about driving to Nutbush City, <laughs> 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 At a hotel, motel. Um, I, I would assume, I mean, we can't ask Ike anymore. I mean, Ike's gone, but I mean, maybe if we sat Tina down and said, uh, you know, what's it about, um, she, she might be able to tell us what, you know, is Nutbush even a city? I mean, Speaking of Tina Turner, though, um, as, as I we just, often do, I yeah. saw, <laughs> as we, oh, for the first time ever,
0: I saw this thing. It came up on my Facebook feed or whatever. And um, she was at some big gala event, and it might have even been celebrating her birthday. And she's like in her 70s, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I think in her 70s. She would have to. At, at, at least, at least. They introduced Tina Turner. She comes striding down the aisles. of It's in a theatre kind of th- arrangement. And she comes striding down the aisles, like just. She looks fucking
1: amazing. Yeah. She looks yeah. so fucking good. It's insane. that She's a whole lot of woman. She's a whole lot of woman, Tina, that's for sure. And but she
0: jumps up on stage and, yeah. you know, there's a band on stage and she kicks into a song and, honestly, it's like going back in time. She's yeah. exactly the same as she was years ago. It's fucking incredible.
1: But what I love about that, I mean, she's, this is someone who has been, you know, a consummate performer since, like, you know, the mid-60s or early 60s. I mean, they, mm. there are certain people like your Tina Turner and, uh, you know, your David Bowie or whatever that, that just, I think they just kind of basically they're stars. That's <laughs> all so you can, yeah. you know, there's a certain attitude and a certain, um, you know, just their voice and their their, you know, they're, they're just timeless, you know, and as soon yeah. as they walk onto a stage, some people can just walk onto a stage and immediately they've got pretty much the whole, Audience in the the palm of their hand, and I think Tina yeah. would definitely be. um And you know, I was a big fan of Tina's work in uh, Mad Max Three: Beyond Thunderdome as well. I thought sure. her, act- I thought her acting chops, you know, next to Mel Gibson, were very good. I, and you know, I think yeah. she, I think she owned the screen as much as uh, you know she owns the stage. But um, well, I, I mean, may- I think about
0: yeah. uh, for a, for a lot of people, sort of our. Uh, uh, Generation. Obviously, we're slightly different generations because you're a few years older than me. But yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> not, not, but, too, um, not too many years old, again. But I mean, Mad Max is one of my first kind of memories of it. Yeah, right? me that too. It's almost like I didn't think I really. I mean, I, I probably w- would have known a few songs, mm. but I think the Mad Max movie was it was kind of like my introduction in a way because I would have that was in the 80s, right? Yeah,
1: I think me too. Yeah. I think I think that was my uh, my first memory of. Being aware of Tina Turner would have been as uh, the uh, what was she what was she called in Mad Max? It was the uh, the des- desert queen or the yeah something queen anyway? But uh, just that hair, the you know, I can remember the the bangles. I mean, yeah. I remember the whole look. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she cut an imposing. <laughs> she cut an imposing figure. You know, as a post-apocalyptic soul singer, you know, I thought yeah. uh, she did very well.
0: Have you seen the latest? The new Mad Max. I like, did, a I did. I, What's and, it
1: like? I really liked it. I basically, I mean, Mad Max was, you know, when you think about it, it it's a car chase movie. You know, it's like it goes yeah. back to like you know the Steve McQueen movies, the seventies, and you know it was a that was a whole genre of film that we forget, yeah. like in the the sixties, every the car chase movie. You know. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it was a really good car chase film, and I, I spoke to my mum. <laughs> Because my mum, for some reason, my mum went to see Mad Max. Wow, oh, really what was know. that? Was there some kind of mix-up? I've no idea
0: why. Mix-up? Why mix-up at the why, ticketing yeah, booth? Yeah, yeah. I oh, know. I know what happened. I know what happened. She like she decided for the first time. It's like oh, I'm gonna order a movie ticket online.
1: Yeah, that's She's gonna <laughs> And of course, she hated it. You know, and and I remember having this. De- I had this debate with my mum, and I was like, mum it's a car chase movie like you gotta and even some of my other friends who you know um apart from my mum that that didn't really like it and i think you know i mean come on it was like look at the first mad max films you know the road warrior the second one which i still think is the best in the franchise um you know it's this it's escapist fun you know it's kind of yeah the whole point is like these crazy looking cars you know going over jumps and yeah, I, I thought it was great. But isn't
0: isn't there like because I haven't seen the movie obviously, and um, but I remember seeing like stills of like one of the characters is like a guy mm. playing guitar with like a massive <laughs> bracket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, oh, there's like... a lot. There's a lot of there's a lot
1: of post apocalyptic guitar going on. You know, <laughs> that kind of. It reminds me of Lost Boys, you know, one of my favorite. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, It's the guy playing the saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> the greased-up muscle guy playing saxophone with this massive mullet. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a stirring image, you know. That <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that.
0: How did they power yeah, up? Max, I, mean, you
1: know, I, I love it. I love a good car show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and a, and a good, you know, post-apocalyptic can't no Turner. There was no, you know. I mean, yeah. they could have used a Beyonce or a, you know, a, like up Oh fuck! You know that, that would have been awesome. That would have been awesome. Yeah, that Beyonce. Would have been yeah, great. a post apocalyptic Beyonce. You know, just just rocking it on the back of some kind of jalopy. You know, going over a jump. Jal- <laughs> 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 you know, we, we should have been consulted on this shit. You know, we should have fuck. been. Fuck. Yeah.
0: That would have been perfect.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh
0: my god. I like I. If Beyonce had a been like you know a kind of tina turner type character and this I, I would have seen it probably multiple times uh, i'm i'm but. actually
1: drifting off just imagining it right now <laughs> <laughs> okay back. Of, we better come out. i'm going i'm off into my own little uh little world there Thinking of um, post-apocalyptic beyonce oh fuck
0: yeah um I'm, I'm interested to know because i mean i i've known you for you know we've known each other for a long time probably sort of got to know each other pretty well I don't know. Ten years ago, when you when we started touring and stuff together, yeah. Um, fill me in on your sort of path of discovery of with, when it comes to music. Like, you know, you're little Stevie Parkin. Yeah. You know, let's well, let's take take me back there. Take me back to little Stevie Parkin. And, and it, you know, where did you live? What music was, uh, were, were you exposed to when you were, you know, what are your first kind of memories of exposure to music? And 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 when was the point that you like got the fucking bug?
1: Yeah right. Um, well, can we can you do one of those like those tinkly? <laughs> doodly doodly <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Going back into going back into the you know the annals of you know give me one of those doodly 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 kind of sound. Like a tree, yeah, like a yeah, yeah. bell, like a bell tree. Yeah. That's what you need. Well, we okay. yeah. going back into the uh, the past. The Steve Parkin, the music man, the legend, <laughs> the song and dance man. Okay, so going back... Let's go back in time. That, that was, was lovely. That's that amazing. was lovely. Thanks, Kev. <laughs> I suppose my first... I kind of had an interesting upbringing because both my parents were, you know, definitely loved music, I guess. And going back to, yep. I suppose, probably when I was like five or six, I mean, going back to... My, I mean, my memory's a bit shady for obvious reasons, being a, you know, being your friend for ten years. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, well, my mum was... Mum was very much, you know, there was a lot of records in our household. There were, music was always being played. And I think f- from my my mum was always into, you know, like disco and uh, ABBA and, you know, um, you know that kind of, probably more that kind of side of things. Whereas my dad was very much, you know, Pink yeah. Floyd and Led Zeppelin and, you know, Black Sabbath. And so I had that wow, dual yeah, right. kind of influence of, you know, of, you know, poppy kind of girl, you know, girly music, and my dad's kind of you know riff music. But I suppose, one, well, I've got two early memories. I, I remember being about, oh, let's see, nineteen eighty. I must have been about six, maybe six or seven. And I can remember my dad walking me to school, probably walking me somewhere, and with a friend of his, and and they were talking about, you know, my guy can't believe John Lennon's dead, and I can't believe you know that. that. And I remember kind of piping up and saying, who's John Lennon? And dad said um, he was a beetle. And in my head, I just saw this giant beetle. I I couldn't work out (laughs) (laughs) for five years old why why my dad was, you know, was kind of so upset about a beetle, you know. I mean, at least a butterfly or something is like a beetle, such a (laughs) nondescript kind of insect to be upset about. So, <laughs> so later on, I think that stuck with me the rest of that day or st- must have stuck with me that week. And when I was at home, kind of, mm. Dad, you know, Dad, what's what's the Beatle? You know, what's happened to the Beatle kind of thing? And, and then Dad putting on the Beatles, you know, and I can remember, you know, Yellow Sub, obviously, the you know, the, the Beatles songs that kids really connect with and, you know, Abbey Road and Yellow Taylor, Submarine. Yeah. And I, think, I think I just fell in love with the Beatles probably from the age of, yeah, like five or six. It was Did when you, were,
0: when you were at primary school... Did you have those um, music books that, um, you know, they always, yeah. are, I remember them really well. Like they were like, they had this weird sort of um, a cartoony kind of uh, illustration thing with them and they, but it was lots of like kind of modern music and there were these books that were at school that you used to learn in music class. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, I, know I think I they, had, they had names like, it was like let's have music, like the the animation. Oh, sorry, that not the animation. The um the illustrations were almost reminiscent of you know those commercials where um not you know life those life yeah, commercials yeah, yeah. with Norm, the fat guy sitting on the couch. The illustrations looked a bit like that. <laughs> yeah,
1: I yeah I remember. See, I I grew up in uh in England. I was in the UK, but we definitely had yeah we definitely had that. I mean, thinking back, I I, I remember. I remember actually being really shy in music, you know, and being really shy to sing. And, and I can remember actually being <laughs> like, like ballsed out by my teacher in front of the class. It was really upsetting because we were doing a choir, uh, like a you know, like a class choir thing. And I was I was just miming. I'd always mime. I was too scared to sing. And um, and my teacher kind of realizing I was wow. miming, and so that that traumatized me a little bit about music at school. It wow. took me until probably that. 16 before I could actually sing you know publicly but um yeah yeah wow. but uh yeah I remember yeah so I actually didn't really enjoy music at school I I found it really I was a painfully shy kid you know so it um and I think I was a bit I was a bit chubby as a kid too (laughs) I was was a little chubby weirdo you know I was just I was just painfully shy at school I I couldn't I would never be able to like sing in front of people or you know and
0: Yeah, I mean, I know what you mean. You were chubby as well, kid?
1: I I was. was I was a chubby kid. I didn't – I was
0: chubby until I hit puberty. And then when I hit puberty, I just got really skinny. But, yeah, all through through primary school, I was was a chubby. So what is that common thread um, with with
1: musicians? (laughs) 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 If we could get a chub index, a a rock star (laughs) chubby index. (laughs) And, you know, like maybe it's that being—it's that kind of insecurity and shyness that, to, that turns us into these attention-seeking, you know, like musicians and people that need to get on stage to get some kind of attention. You know,
0: I remember when I was at primary school, I was a—I was a massive extrovert. Yeah, show off. I find that a really total hard to show-off. believe, Kim. <laughs> I was, dude. I was fucking insufferable. Yeah. Sometimes I think back. And I think about myself in that sort of late primary school, early high, in that sort of those awkward prepubescent yeah. years. Oh, God. I was just such a show-off and so yeah.
1: precocious, like really precocious. <laughs> <laughs> but so much has changed, Kev, since those early days. But, yeah, no, I I, I must have made the switch somewhere along the line. I think maybe, yeah, it's pro- actually it's probably, yeah, hitting puberty and then kind of getting tall and skinny um, uh, I I think I turned into a bit of a shelf. That's where I kinda of got into acting and it would have been more like early to mid high school, I guess, where I came out of my shell a bit more. And I'd started off with drama more than music. I I, I, I remember I wrote I wrote and starred in our was it year eight or year nine play, which is but that was a field. Were you <clears throat> were you like a writer, actor, yeah, yeah. director. Oh, yeah, <laughs> So. You're like you're like Woody Allen, yeah. basically. But I didn't I didn't start playing guitar probably until I was maybe fourteen or fifteen. It was because my little brother wanted a guitar. So my parents bought him a guitar and I was really upset. Like anything my little brother had I had to have you know, I had to have something better. But um so I so I wanted a guitar <laughs> and my dad basically said, Well no, if you learn how to play it, then maybe we'll think about, you know, helping you with the guitar. So I was in this mad rush to basically mm. learn guitar better than my brother. <laughs> and, yeah, I, end I ended up learning it way better. Than him. <laughs> so you can see how traumatized my little brother's been his whole life. And then so, you know, I ended up getting a guitar because, you know, I was really good at it. And that and that's kind of I suppose how that started. Was so I got to thank my little brother really for for for, you know, really um getting me started in music. Um you know, and he's yeah, he he now struggles with insecurities. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, but um, <laughs> as far as, yeah, yeah musical. The, the other memory I have going back is, um, and this is probably on the other side of things, is being about six maybe and seeing Debbie Harry on The Muppet Show. remember Blondie, uh, De- Debbie Harry started on The Muppet Show. And I can remember because oh, yeah. I was an avid Muppet Show. Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely love. The first album, I think, the first vinyl i ever got was when i was about six i guess was the double the muppet show album the, du- the double fold out yeah. No I was, way. Is, yeah 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 so and i remember <clears throat> pointing awesome. at debbie harry and like looking mum and saying i'm gonna marry her and i think that was yeah that was the other yeah. kind of side of music that appealed to me i guess was
0: well i mean you know debbie like uh, unfortunately uh, you know um i, I don't really have mm. any sort of memory as a kid of seeing debbie harry only sort of as I've uh, you know being older and looking back and seeing you know clips and stuff, but the, but it's very clear that there was a there was a time a, a, a time in the world where she was like the top of the fucking tree, you know, like she was like the rock and roll oh, yeah. sex symbol of the world yeah. for a, a little period. of She time. was
1: incredible. I mean, she still is. Like we're saying with Tina, man. I mean, Debbie's Debbie Harry's still out there, you know, doing a thing, and she looks great.
0: I wonder how, how old was oh, she be now? Definitely. Yeah.
1: We can actually look, Kev, you know what? We're on Skype, right? Which means our computers are open. I, I <laughs> this, and now you need that digital do, 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 right? The digital kind you know that. You know, it's <laughs> like Googling Debbie Harry right Might now, be, Kev. <laughs> you you go on, you talk to your fans. I'm just I'm just Googling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do, do, do. Would you like to play <laughs> yeah. Thermal Nuclear She was born War? July the 1st, 1945, fans. July the 1st, 1945, which would make her, oh, gee. Yeah. 70. Fuck, yeah. Where are we now? 71.
0: Yeah. Only a few years well, younger than Well, funny you Dana.
1: should ask that, kid, because. See how long <laughs> it takes Steve Parkin to type in Tina Turner even. See how long it takes me to do that. Here we go. 1939 for Tina, <laughs> November the 26th. So that actually raises an interesting question as well. Let, let, let me throw things back to you, Kevin Mitchell. How do you feel please, please you know, do. women of age in the music industry, or I suppose in, in any kind of entertainment industry, compared to men of age, yeah. how do you think they fare? I mean, how? Not well. Oh. I mean, I, I think
0: there's like maybe small distinctions between countries too, mm. like for example, like, in America, I, th- I get a feeling that in America, more than in Australia, there's a culture that celebrates the older male artist yeah. a little bit more than... it I reckon in Australia, we, uh, like, unless you're, like, ACDC, you're pretty much oh, yeah. cut off. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not just music. It's just, like, in all elements yeah. of, you know, media and culture, like, you know, I can see how, like... You know, we still exist in this world where you know there's some somewhere in our in our minds we've kind of developed this idea that like men aging become kind of you know refined or whatever, and when women it's all about their physical beauty, and when they lose that they don't have anything. Actually, that's a
1: really interesting point when you look at compared to say you know the the U.S. You still have these amazing. I mean, you have these amazing female artists everywhere, but the U.S. you, You see Bonnie Raitt and you see. Emmylou Harris, and what I'm thinking about the Australian industry. Lucinda Williams. Lucinda Williams, man. Lucinda Williams, man. Yep.
0: She's like always on tour and she's revered. She's, Lucinda Williams is like probably, you know, in my fucking top five, top ten oh, me too. Yeah. artists of all time. Absolutely. She's adore incredible. Her. She's
1: absolutely incredible. Amazing songwriter, amazing performer. And she is still pretty revered in America.
0: I would like what Australian female yeah. musicians.
1: Of of that kind of age... This is what... Oh, hang on. Sorry, дーヤ- Kev, just quickly. Can you just give me a Okay. And Lucinda Williams was born January the 26th, 1953.
0: Yeah, okay. But, yeah, sorry, sorry.
1: You were saying... Yeah, Australian... Because I was just going to say... I don't know if it's an Aussie thing now, and I'm thinking of performers... If you think of performers of age in Australia who are still out there and relevant... You've got, you know, like, Daryl Braithwaite, you know, your John Farnham's, your ACDC's, but... You try and think, like, off the top of your head of, a, of, of an Australian female artist of that age that's still getting as much...
0: Someone that I think of as someone like... Rene Renee Gay. I was just thinking but, of Renee Gay. You know, like, she's... But but even then, you know, um, she doesn't have the same kind of wide commercial acceptance uh, and awareness, perhaps, that, you know, other that my, men of a similar age group... And six and level of success
1: have you know? I, yeah.
0: but, but she's one that springs to mind. But yeah, you're struggling. I mean, to people like Tina Arena and Kylie Minogue are still too well, young. Well, they yeah, yeah. They're I still... guess they're
1: they're not quite at that. I mean, we're we're talking about like sixty to seventy year old yeah, you know, yeah. artists. No, but
0: like I just I think Australia has a really because and and I think it feeds into this thing of like Australia being being a young country that has never developed its own culture. Mm-hmm. You know. And so it's very hard for us to celebrate older artists yeah. because we we just don't we're still so like hung up we're still hung up on this on disposable kind of stuff yeah. and we uh, people have been talking about cultural cringe and all that kind of shit for like fucking yeah. decades but still we haven't developed our own sense of culture and identity yeah. and and I think it's all related yeah, to that, yeah yeah you know? uh, yeah
1: and definitely when you look at I mean if you're looking at an artist of that age so you know their I guess their prime would have been the 60s you know or the early 70s or 70s and I suppose if you look at that like you were saying I mean that that's a time when the you know the cultural cringe I think would have been you know would still definitely have still been there very strongly I I think like now it's you know obviously the culture is a lot more developed a lot of you know Australian arts and music and uh, you know personalities are kind of you know actors whatever are, are pretty much you know, very, very, very um, present in the the global limelight or whatever you you want to call it. But um, I think, yeah, going back to, I I guess, people of that age, the 60s, 70s, they're artists that I suppose in the 60s would have been defined, I don't know, like, but, you know, would have been defined by, I guess, a very smaller uh, slice of of the public, you know, would pretty much just be in Australia. And and I think a lot of those artists... I
0: guess so. Like, they all left. I mean, I guess anybody... Like the easy beats yeah. and stuff like or that. Or even like they Dame were,
1: Judith Durham, you know, the seekers that you know, that kind of thing. I mean they had to yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Hey, you know who's who somebody else that springs to mind and she's not Australian um by uh by birth, she's been in Australia for a long time, It's Marsha oh, Hines. Oh yeah Marsha Hines is uh, you know, getting into that age probably in that age bracket and still still kicking around Isn't, and, yeah, incredible yeah.
1: performer, yeah. Incredible singer. Yeah, yeah. But she was amazing. actually it's she was a backing for singer for um oh she was she was like a really in-demand session musician, um or session singer. I bet. Um yeah, I can incredible. Believe um it. and uh I'm just trying to remember the, the the band. She was in uh I'm sure she's done some really big uh hang on, I'm Jesus <laughs> Christ <laughs> Superstar finished in nineteen seventy-four. Oh, was it Jesus and, and hair C. and hair as well. I hair was. F- uh, fair, oh yeah. no no, it was Jesus yeah, Jesus Christ superstar, um, with uh, John English. John English yeah. Wow. Oh, just trying to find yeah yeah. It doesn't actually say. So I thought she was like a pink, on a Pink Floyd session or something, but uh, maybe I'm just I'm tripping out, Kev. Um, but yeah, no, she was in hair <laughs> 1974 hair and Jesus Christ superstar. There you go. Yeah, wow.
0: So let's let's uh, change tact, and um, yeah. I want to go back to um, twenty because we started <laughs> with your number, your number ten song. Which was, Do they? I mean, are people still T- listening? Tina Turner. Are they still listening to us, Tim? You know what? You know what? It doesn't yeah, yeah. matter. Um, so Tina Turner. So uh, well, Tina. Uh, Not push the limits. Um, was
1: number ten. Yeah. Let's um, let's go to number five. All number five. okay. Let me see. One, two, three. Oh, there you go. It's a, it's a contemporary act, Kev. Um, number five is Tame Impala, and it's oh, the yeah. Todd Rundgren mix of Elephant, which I do really love. I know I've played that. The
0: Todd Rundgren mix. Todd Rundgren, mix. Rundgren remixed
1: uh, Elephant. Who's obviously the guy Todd Rundgren for your listeners? Yeah. <laughs> Is, yes, please give is, him a bit of background. Uh, um Todd, Todd <laughs> <laughs> That's a stupid fucking noise. Todd Rungren um <laughs> was a, you know incredible, precocious seventies musician. And he um amongst other things, he he produced Bad Out of Hell. Um No way, low, yeah, I didn't know that, that was a huge album he produced and produced a lot of oh, just some you know amazing, amazing artists uh, um and was himself like you know his, his own stuff was was known for, like, studio wizardry. Um, but, yeah, so he, um, again, Tame Impala kind of just, you know, from our unstoppable kind of strength to strength. They're a great band. But somehow I guess they got Todd Rundgren to remix their track Elephant. And um, it's, it's great. And I, I think, yeah, that's obviously my top five because I've just been smashing. I've been absolutely fucking caning that song. But, uh, i love that song i love yeah. i
0: love, i haven't heard i haven't heard the version that uh, todd rungren version oh but, you gotta um, listen to it it's
1: great
0: i I've, so I, I know i remember I, I actually distinctly remember hearing that uh tame impala's elephant for the first time driving in my car yeah. like soon you know, because that was like the first single of their second album or something and, um hearing in my car and just going wow like these guys have like definitely yeah. take stepped up you know because there was always there was uh, there's always been a lot of hype around that band and you know right from the first record and you know when i heard that song i was like okay
1: yeah. these guys these guys mean business they're pretty they're, you know, they're cool. going to be they're pretty damn cool i mean as, as a musician yeah. who's never really been that cool <laughs> i was like I, oh yeah I, i've so, had occasional little glimmers of We've almost all, always all cool, of us of, of hanging around of with cool us... people. That's that's <laughs> <helped> me. <laughs>
0: all of us have been cool for yeah. like at least us one tiny moment. Yeah.
1: The in fifteen time. minutes. minutes. So Andy Warhol's fifteen minutes. We've, you know, I've I've had about five, but you know that's cool. I'm not complaining. But um, uh, I reckon I've had about seven. You've and had and seven a half. and a half. <laughs> no, give you, Kev, I'd give you a fair nine. I'd give you nine minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I give Kevin Mitchell nine minutes of fame easily, mate. Yep. Easily, but um, yeah. So yeah, Tame Impala. I just yeah, they're one of those bands that I I think at first I was kind of like yeah, as as you know, old older generations are about you know, younger kids. Um, but then uh, yeah, they just got they just got me just their production and um,
0: the thing that kind of it one of the many things that really interests me about Tame Impala is like. Their the their music it kind of I can see how like it appeals to a really wide cross section of like music yeah. lovers right because there's a part of Tame Impala that reminds me of like that's almost a bit kind of electronic yeah you know like it's got a bit of a kind of dancey electronic kind of vibe to it but and that but there's also a part of them that's like old school like you know seventies kind of oh rock. totally mate. Classy, I, like, classic like so guitar
1: I, tones like really you know like Sabbath Groundhogs, you know those seventies, yeah, like psychedelic bands. And I think also it's the psychedelic. I think you know it's the the kids just fucked up on acid. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know the the you know the kiddies. There there are those kind of you know where you know everyone when they're young dabble and you know maybe maybe have a few as the Beatles you say cups of tea. Um, Yeah, I mean I've certainly had my share of tea. Um,
0: yeah, but yeah. yeah,
1: Tame Impala. I think you know they're definitely one of those bands that you know, after a few cups of tea, um, are very fun to uh, to listen to. But, but yeah, I think their songs are great. I think he's a great songwriter as well.
0: Definitely, and uh, I mean, I'm still sort of coming to like figure out where like his lyrical kind of style. You know, like I, but because you know, like for me, as I'm sure it is for a lot of. People who listen to Tame Impala, like the 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 music and the production, and it's so visceral, you know. It, like it really kind of it really kind of gets you. And maybe if I listen to them more, I'd get more of a sense of the lyric, you know, what, what's going on lyrically. Because I'm not, I'm I don't. Really I think it's sure.
1: what basically their band. It's it, the lyric. I think it's very much attitude. I think they've got yeah. There's a certain attitude that's really appealing, you know. Um Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't think anyone would say. Kevin. No offense, but I don't think anyone would, would say Kevin Parker was a Bob Dylan, you know, or a, a you know Leonard Cohen. But the but it's that attitude I think they really capture. You know, just yeah. I don't I don't care, you know, I don't care kind of attitude. That's you know feeling yeah. when you. I think like
0: somebody who obviously has such a you know beautiful connection to music. I'd love to see him develop into that kind of person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see him like. But but isn't it incredible too? You know, like another one of the other things that. I, like amazes me and that I love so much about that band is just the fact that like they've become successful and they've played on the radio, yeah. And their music does not conform. No, that's yeah, to that's <laughs> exactly, <laughs> any of that uh, shit. That's
1: one of the big reasons I love them. You know what I mean? These these are kids that have you know basically just gotten off their tits in <laughs> in Frio. You know, in, in in kind of you know just jamming at home in Frio. And um, I remember once going over to. I think it was the bass player's house, Dom, or something in Frio, and they had. And actually, yeah. there's another reason you should love them, Kev, is because Kevin Parker basically records everything on an eight track. I Kev,
0: know, I know. It's yeah, eight like track. I heard, what I he heard about in,
1: that. Yeah, he's really it's like, old school. So yeah, you it's, guys, it's
0: like we're yeah. fucking cup. It's like we're like soul it's brothers. Two, two we've, we've got the same Two Kev's in a pod. So. You know,
1: yeah. You, you, know, you guys should collaborate. You know, I could, I could see you out there, Kev. After you know, having a few cups of tea and. Yeah. I want to, I, I want to, there is a couple of things that I want to make sure
0: that we talk about, yeah. you know, um, before we run out of time. uh, One of them is uh the Newport Record yeah. Club. Is it still called the Newport Record Club? Because you may have changed your ideas. But tell us about, because um, that obviously been like a big part of your life for the last couple well, of I, years. Well, you know, I have
1: these ideas usually at three in the morning and I'd say 97% of them are shit, are just shit. You Know <laughs> <laughs> it's just rubbish, but every now and then I, you know, I have an idea that you know, very rarely that's kind of uh, that kind of works, but um, yeah, I was when I was in over in Melbourne, I was working um, at Pure Pop Records in St Kilda, and we had a thing going on there, um, that, that Dave Stevens started. Unfortunately, Pure Pop's uh, no longer there at the moment, but um, um, called Classic Albums, and we'd have these like. It was like a little courtyard. Uh, uh, you know, any of your listeners from Melbourne, that I'm sure the bean to pure pop know it. it's a, like a little courtyard out the back. You get like fifty or sixty people and you know, a little little bar with like one beer on tap. And, yeah. You know, some, Yeah, it was yeah. super cool. It was super it cool, was super, cool, really super cool. cool. But um and we'd had like acts like we had like Julia Stone and, and her band come down and play David Bowie, Let's Dance, you know, like for for fifty or sixty yeah. people. It was just incredible. So I kind of ripped that idea off totally. Yeah. Hey,
0: look. What's the saying? What's the saying about like, um, uh, good artists borrow, great uh, artists talent steal.
1: Borrows genius steals. So, yeah, and, and you yeah. know, most people would call me a genius. I think um, that know me. But uh, <coughs> anyway, anyway, um, but yeah, it's um, yeah. So basically, it's it's getting bands like members of like original bands. It's here in Fremantle, Newport Hotel in Fremantle. Um, which is yep. a great room. I've always loved the room. Um you know, yeah. Been forever. I'm sure our bands used to play there, you know, back in the day. But um I think actually, you know what? Sorry
0: to mm. interrupt, but um I believe that the very first time I ever saw you mm. was at the fucking Newport when you were in Vine. No way. Um, were you even allowed to get into pubs at that, at that No, I I saw you well, I mean, we—I'm imagining that I was probably there because we were, Jeps were probably playing as well. Yeah. But I remember vinyl playing Newport, and I remember you were wearing like a—you had a big yeah kind of yeah. Afro. I had
1: hair then; it was really scary. Yeah, but,
0: you had a massive big curly ginger afro, <laughs> and I think you'd like, you like like a brown leather jacket. You kind of looked like one of the. Like a, I can't remember his name, but one of the characters out of Days yeah. Confused, or or, or like um, or out of that TV show that kind of rips it off, you know, that Ashton Kutcher's in. Yeah. what was that one? You know, we're all, yeah, it's, all that right. that 70s so, show. That's that's yeah. seventy show, yeah. So, um, but yeah, at the Newport, and I, I'm pretty sure that's... well, that's certainly my earliest
1: sort of memory yeah. of kind of seeing you and, and just being to, blown away. Know. Yeah, um. just going, <laughs> "Who the fuck is this guy?" <laughs> <laughs> well, we were, you know, I was yeah. never. I Was always a bit a few steps out of whack, you know. Like, we uh, the bands I was in, like the you know, vinyl, there was another band Autopilot, and afterwards, we were doing like 60s and 70s sounding, you know, things. I was very much a you know, 60s, yeah. 70s fan, and so you know, doing these kind of you know, Beatley harmonies, and and it was right at the time yeah. when everyone else wanted to be Sonic Youth, so it, it was like. Totally, we that's right, totally that's out right. of whack, and then like a, obviously, like a few years later, the the Sleepy Jacksons and the Jets, you know, kind of
0: something happened in the two thousand. Yeah, yeah. Where like the the Beatles resurgence came, but yeah, in the nineties, I I can distinctly remember nope. as a kind of you know teenager hearing mm. bands that were doing like kind of sixties Beatlesy things, and kind of thinking, oh, this is like really uncool. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. As also, oh, and then I was really like a few years later, I was doing the same <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's right. So ahead of my time, obviously, but, um, you know, I think, yes, yeah, it's funny. Like some people say, oh, you know, I wish I'd been born like earlier. Like I wish I'd been born in the sixties or something. with me. It was like, I wish I'd started five years. Later. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And if yeah. I started five yeah. years
1: later, I mean, you know, who knows? But yeah, anyway, so the, the record club, it's like members from different, uh, original bands and I know we've had Chris Damon from from your band from Jebediah and yeah. Stu McLeod from Eskimo Joe and some really <laughs> good James Baker and um, you know some amazing musicians will Stoker and they basically come together and play you know their favorite album uh, live. Like, what makes a classic album? Like, a, you know, does anybody ever come to you and say, we want to do
0: this record, and you're like, uh, is it classic? Is it not classic? I don't yeah. know. Like what's the criteria? Well, I,
1: I, th- I reckon actually there's a really interesting way to do it, I, and I think a classic album to me is when if you if you mention the album to someone and they in- can instantly picture the, the cover. Like, if you can instantly picture the cover of an album, Mm-hmm, interesting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, to me, it's, it's that kind of thing yeah. where you, could, you can immediately picture the cover and you know what the first song is on the album. I mean, to me, that's like a, you know, maybe a definition, but I I think it's, it's really hard to program something like that because, I mean, I don't tell musicians what to do either. I mean, the whole point is that musicians come to me with, you know, their favorite album. I wouldn't force anyone to play anything. I mean, but... Um, you do get some odd, like, like I'd love to see, I'd love to see Captain Beefheart, Shiny Beast, Bat Chain Puller, but it would uh, uh, probably yes, be like yeah. me and maybe one other person from Fremantle in the room. <laughs> so there's that awkward decision I've got to make. You know, I've never been a promoter. I'm a musician. You know, I still don't know what the hell I'm doing, what the fuck I'm doing, doing this stuff. Um, everyone kind of laughs because the ticket price is really low. <laughs> Yeah right. really okay. well, sure, like- price. I give the bands, like, a stupid amount of money off the tickets, apparently. So, I, you know, I, I don't really know what I'm doing. But uh, I've got to be, like, one of those crappy promoters in a way that, you know, now I'm like, oh, well, certain albums bring lots of people and certain yeah, albums yeah. won't, you know. And I've and I put on a few of my favourite albums, like Supergrass, In It For The Money, and i put on some, yeah, yeah. some like, Lou Reed, um, which have, you know, <laughs> pretty much stiffed, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, well,
0: what's, wait, tell yeah, me what, stiff, what's Kevin. what have what have been the highlights? Well, they me, me real there's,
1: there's you know what are my highlights. I mean, all the bands have been amazing, but um, um, well, I will tell you something that's that's coming up that's going to be a highlight is uh, I don't know if you're aware of a soul singer from WA called Odette Mercy. I've she's heard her. She's fantastic. It, yeah. She's really really good, and she's uh, this season going to be doing with a 13-piece band, I think, with horns. They're doing James Brown. <laughs> Live at Olympia, hell yeah! Oh, so yeah. you know, just this amazing. She's an incredible female soul singer. Um, just smashing out James Brown. I'm a little bit excited for that one. But um, yeah, we've had some awesome. We've had like uh, one of the guys, Jono uh, Stockman from Carnival, and Andy Orson, yeah. who's a great local musician, and um, Dave Parkin, who's a great producer and local musician. I feel like I'm plugging yeah. this like it's some kind of ad. <laughs> No but most no, of them you uh, plugs the um but, but yeah, it's like to me like the greatest thing is is that it's not true i get I get a, a lot of angry angry correspondents from tribute bands that are very annoyed at me right. that, you know, that for not booking them, but it's the whole point is it's like it's a guilty way for us original musicians to get away with playing covers, and well,
0: it's gonna well that leads me to another question that I was gonna ask you about this- specifically. You've been doing it for a couple of years now, and it's been really successful. You know, a bunch of records have been played in full. You know, heaps of people have walked come through the doors. As an observer, what 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 does it make you kind of think about? Like, you know, is it a simple thing like we're never going to be able to see this for real, so we're going to see the next best thing, or is there like a nostalgia? I think, I
1: think it's both, man. It's a it's all those things. You know, it's um. Yeah, it's definitely the nostalgia. I mean, you know, we had uh, some great artists doing Fleetwood Mac rumors, which is, you know, one of the biggest selling uh, records of all yeah. time and and which probably actually kicked off the whole thing for us, really. Uh, it was the first one that
0: Yeah, well, what a great record Yeah, to kick yeah. It off. And we right. had like yeah.
1: Timothy Nelson and a, a, a great WA artist called Lucy Peach um and some some really good musicians that did that. And and it was really funny, and you know, there were there were like from basically from 18, 19-year-olds. You know, to who maybe it's like an ironic. It's an ironic album. Like I love Fleetwood. Really? I love Fleetwood Mac. Well, actually, know, I think oh, they're genuine fans. You know, like they're. And then up to like six. Because I reckon something happened, and yeah. this could just be my own personal experience, but I, I got
0: a sense that something happened somewhere in the in the last sort of, like again, out of the as we emerged out of the nineties, and mm-hmm. got into the two thousands. That Fleetwood yeah. Mac suddenly like started to get cool again, particularly, that. Album yeah. rumors. Oh, huge. because the production is so. Well, you had I think good. one of
1: the bands going back on oh, probably just going back ten years, I guess, or into the noise with Midlake. Midlake were one of those bands yeah. that name-checked Fleetwood Mac. You know, um, and bands like Fruit Bats, and you know there are a lot of kind of those like American indie bands going into the noughties that you know would name-check yeah, yeah. as being a great album. And it is an yeah. awesome, it is an amazing album. You know, it's they're just yeah. killer songs, killer production. But, um, and we had, you know, like 65, 70 year olds that would never have come down, would never go to a nightclub, never come into wow. Fremantle and go to a, you know, a, a venue. Uh, no offense to the Newport, but, you know, would never come into a venue like that. And they were like, and the great thing was they were, you know, they loved it. And obviously, and the band were amazing, you know, they performed it really well. And so I had these people kind of, excuse me, who's the young lady singing? And it was kind of, you know, it's Lucy Peach. It's like, Does she have a CD? And uh, which was great yeah, uh, for yeah. local, and and these are people that, are that age of our vintage up are probably the only people that would actually buy a physical, you know, would CD yeah, yeah. or or go out and buy something like that, you know. So it's, I think that's been a cool thing, you know, with with those different generations that as you say there's a nostalgia for the record, but yeah, it's just really cool seeing those albums played live, you know. Um,
0: uh, yeah, but like also there seems to be a shift in like. I imagine in my head that a few years ago, the idea of original artists like songwriters, original bands, playing covers was kind of like, it was kind of off limits. Oh, totally, you know? totally. I mean, uh... whereas whereas now there doesn't seem to be a sense of that. I mean, I know, it's, you know, so much has changed, mm. but that that to me seems like one significant thing that has changed where. It's kind of well. I feel. Okay I now. feel like
1: going back to you know when we were when our bands were kind of starting out in the in the nineties, the 90s, like mid to late nineties. There was definitely that vibe of you know if you played covers, that was it. You you were just you were just a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, it was um, like you weren't authentic. Yeah, it,
0: weren't it was authentic. like you were you were yeah. calling into question your own yeah, authenticity. Yeah, yeah. Which is by, that
1: generation X, and that, and that was that you know. Um, you're selling out, you know, you couldn't sell out, which exactly, is a great, yeah. this is a cool thing, you know, it's a fine thing to have as part of your makeup if you're still selling lots of CDs <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> and all of those bands that, you know, we don't want to sell out. We're all selling like, you know, fucking thousands of CDs, but once, yeah. once everyone stops making music, stop making money from, yeah, yeah. you know, it's almost like exactly. you kind of got to make an income from whatever, from any way you can, you know, and, and there's a real sense of that. I know there's a sense of that over here. And I, and I think, while I was in Melbourne, I was getting a bit of that too, that, you know, obviously you can get paid uh, probably a lot more money kind of turning up and playing some covers at a, at a you know, at a pub, at a bistro than necessarily you get, you know, being like the first band on a cover, you know, an original band kind of set. And, and you know, I think there's that, there's that, and even as far as the selling out thing goes with with uh, advertising or, or, you know, selling songs to TV ads or whatever, I mean... Yeah. There's not so much that cringe anymore because bands, no. Bands, no one fucking just, gives yeah, a fuck. Yeah, they just fucking want to get the money anyway they can. So they can make, yeah, cr- no you know, make oh, it. Right. I mean I would totally sell out. I would I would sell pretty much sell a song to fairly pretty much anyone other than like say a, a neo Nazi group or you know, <laughs> some kind of uh, you know, whaling maybe to a whaling uh, company in Japan. I probably wouldn't sell a song to them yeah uh, there yeah. all the things that i I would draw the line but other than that I mean tampon ads I mean you know uh, oh yeah toilet, toilet I mean, paper um, yeah, um you know hemorrhoid I
0: remember i'd sell an ad to anything I remember in the 90s like Jeb, like you know my band jebbett I I mean we we wouldn't even consider you guys would never have done selling yeah. like like we even turned down playing on hey hey at Saturday and we almost had our first album. Well, we did. Sony actually took slightly odd way. It was all scheduled for release, and we ref- refused to play on Hey Hey at Saturday. And Dennis Hannon, the head of Sony, is like best mates with Daryl Stars or whatever the fuck. And it was like it caused this big controversy, and Sony pulled our record off. Wow. The, you know, like they were going to release our record wow. because we wouldn't play Hey Hey, and we, and the, we got around it by saying, look it's we're a new band and like when we put to do our second album, we promise we'll play Hey, Hey, it's just, you know, but we just, we were just like so terrified yeah. of not looking, of be, looking under selling out. Um, of selling out, exactly. I do remember you guys fort- said- Fortunately for us, by the second, by the time our second album came out, Hey, hey it had said that finished. Yeah. So yeah. We, we didn't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. But like now, like, fuck yeah, like, I, like, yeah, like he was I could saying. I'd go I mean... on
1: MasterChef. You know, I would. I would go. <laughs> that could be our new record club. The new idea could be called "Music is the Food of Life," and what it could be is like, basically, fans turn up, um, and bring a food item of their choice. So, you know, like your front row, you have someone brings a banana, someone brings a yam, you know, someone brings some. <laughs> someone bring some vanilla, you know, someone brings some kale, you know, whatever they bring. Fucking quack and, and bush. The band have to play all, all the bands, all the songs. Like, it's not an album, but it's, they all have to be food theme songs, right? So, <laughs> like, you know, like Banana Splits theme tune. Um, cherry by, yeah. by Neil Diamond. And then at halftime, the band then have to cook, have to use the, the items of food that the audience has brought. I'd have to cook something at halftime before playing them. Do you think that would go, Kev? What, what do you think that idea for a... What, what do you think?
0: <sighs> Look, I
1: think that... Because think of the sponsorship. Anything is possible. Colts, <laughs> Woolworths. So we can be sponsored by, you know, I, IGA. I mean, you know. Um, get Aldi. You want to get Aldi Yeah. In That's where it's I don't at. know if they're really there with a the food vibe, Kev. <laughs> 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 oh, Aldi. Aldi, yeah, it's Aldi. Aldi, I was going to say.
0: Oh, that is... No, 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 not yeah, Ferrari. <laughs> Ferrari would... Not, vote. not fucking Aldi. So, <laughs> Do they even have Aldi in Perth? It's, Do they have it's that? It's begun. It's started, yeah. It yeah. has? Oh, I think... Fucking everywhere over here. <laughs> everywhere. Um. Okay, all right. So, we've been talking for like over an yeah. hour. So, we're going we're gonna to wrap this up. It's been lovely. And I want to... I want I, I feel... I to... Yes, i I appreciate so much you uh, doing this for me and I want to I want to um, wrap up by um, well two things. Uh, one is finding out what your number one most played song is mm-hmm. on your iTunes. and well maybe let's do that first and then I'll get to the
1: last bit. Okay, drum roll, please. Steve Parkins number one iTunes song. I thought you were about to say it's, yeah, it's like the, one of it's your own songs. Yeah, um, <laughs> it probably is. You know, it probably is. Really, maybe I'm just, but I wouldn't admit that. Um, yeah, it's ELO, Living Thing. Ah, oh, there great. you go. Yeah, that's that's the yeah. one I played the most by the looks of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you know, a um,
0: that's a party tune. You know, that's a that's a that's a song about celebration. Right?
1: It, it is indeed, and it's it's. Uh, yeah, it's maybe not the. It's a bit embarrassed, you know. I don't know. Maybe it's not the coolest song, but I think for a forty-three-year-old, you know, who's um, never been quite cool, I think it's a very apt song. Uh, it's an amazing song. No. Amazing band. Great, great production. Um, incredible chord. Incredible chord structure. I mean, yeah, just yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, going from an A flat to a F minor to a, you know, it's insane. But uh, yeah, there you go. That's my number one, Kev
0: and and you know ELO I kind of came to ELO pretty late but um very quickly realized that ELO were just like Beatles fucking
1: tragic. Yeah. I mean was ELO was ELO pretty much just Jeff Pretty Lynn? much I think pretty much is Jeff Lynn. And and yeah they were called you know it was like the Beatles light or um in fact there was yeah. a John Lennon interview and they were asking him about you know the, the usual question they got in the 70s would you reform and John Lennon actually said, you know, why would we bother? You've got a yellow. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it sounded a bit more like Ringo, didn't it? Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Ring, yeah. Ringo's real. Yeah because, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: because John Lennon had a bit more. Like oh, I'm terrible <laughs> at this. He, he was a bit
1: more nasal and a bit more. He's got a yellow. Fucking... What you, what you... <laughs> <laughs> play or I will play and then Whatever it is will please you, I'll do it
0: <laughs> Yes, that's good And then you got Ringo passing <laughs> going,
1: Hey everybody, stop fighting, peace, peace and, love. and love Peace and love, lads Here comes 30 boss, said Thomas You know I mean, <laughs> and Ringo, Ringo will always have Thomas the Tank Engine He'll always have that yeah. Oh yeah, yeah
0: And you know, God bless the uh, last two mm. Remaining Beatles Toodle. You know, Paul and Yep Paul and Ringo, who's Um, going to go first? Who's going to go first, callers?
1: (laughs) I know. (laughs) Lay on your lay your bets bets down. Uh, Paul or Ringo? uh, I
0: I, have you noticed how recently you know Bowie, like there's been quite a few like prominent uh, musical uh, idol Mm. deaths, and 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 I think it's like the way that I've kind of. Uh, thought about it is that you know these are all giants from like the beginning of popular music which is like pretty much the 50s and 60s you know 50s at the earliest 60s mostly Mm. onwards and so all these young guys from the 60s are like getting fucking old and and I just think it's a we're gonna see it now we're gonna see like a fucking constant the next
1: 5 years the next 5 to 10 years are gonna be the saddest years in music I think I just think Unfortunately, yeah. a lot of these, yeah, these these, as you said, giants are, uh, you know, that they're, they're they're getting into their seventies and you know eighties, yeah. and it's just gonna be it's gonna be awful for for music fans and yeah. music lovers, you know. It's gonna be it's gonna be sobering. Yeah. I know, mean, Prince, like, you know, who would have thought really Prince, sobering. you know, would have got he yeah, was only well, he was young, fifty-seven, I think, saw, or yeah,
0: that's too young. Yeah, that's sad. Uh, yeah, you know, and I mean, it's always sad, but like one of the things that i really loved about like and I, and I wanted to talk to you about bowie as well mm. but you know i think maybe we'll do this again yeah. uh if you would and and um because there's so much other stuff i wanted to talk to mm. you about um i know you're a massive bowie fan you were the first person i thought of when i found out when i heard oh, i, was, I cried
1: i actually did cry on the day i just bowie is like you know pretty much my number one i think even even above the beatles in a way like you know, I remember I yeah. can going back to like we're talking, I'll, I'll be quick because obviously we, we, we're we wrapping things up, Kev. We don't want yeah. bore people yeah. <laughs> too much without <laughs> you know, the art, without, you know, random tangential banter. But, um, you know, <laughs> uh, we, uh, he was, yeah, it was just uh, what we were talking about from a kid. You know, I remember seeing mum's mum had Aladdin Sane. I remember that very vividly. And that with uh, Bowie on the cover with the lightning bolt, you know, and and it was just for a kid, you know, it was just like, Oh, amazing, you know he's like a character but yeah, I came to you know just love Bowie and just one of those those people who um those artists who just was never afraid was totally fearless, totally you know didn't worry about whether it was going to be cool, whether it was you know part the part of the vogue and just just trailblazed you know so many different types of music and just so many amazing songs but uh, yeah, I think I um that day immediately sat down and like recorded about five Bowie songs. On my little laptop just to kind of exercise it out of me. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and actually started up a that's SoundCloud page. Was a, that I was going to yeah, say, I did yeah, that. yeah. There was an awful bushfire over here in WA um, uh, in, in the, a place called Waruna, And um, everyone was asking me because of my record club thing, like, when's the Bowie tribute? And, I mean, before his body was even cold, there were, like, four tribute shows <laughs> announced in Perth. And i thought, well, that's yeah. what I'll do is I'll get pet musicians to, like, Send in their vers like cover versions, and we'll put them on a s- SoundCloud site, and and they're all free to download. But people can donate some money to this uh, bushfire appeal. So if if your listeners are, are on their uh, their computers and they want to, uh, uh you know, Google WA loves yeah. well, WA loves David Bowie, you'll see some really awesome and and you know, there's a few cheeky Eastern staters of like Davy Lane and <laughs> have kind of sent oh, their yeah. way in. It was just like you know we're not really from WA, but you know, so we got some honorary West Australians, but you know uh, uh you know from bands like carnival and and uh you know a whole, anyway a whole bunch of different bands so and i thought that was like a cooler way to pay res- your respect to actually you know do a, a a bizarre version or your own version of david bowie i think it w- would it be more bowie's thing than you know some kind of tri- tribute yeah. band you know kind of doing it so
0: yeah no i thought it was beautiful i kind of watched it watched it all unfold online i thought it was really nice um
1: all right, so I'm still waiting for a Bob was, Evans version of um, of the theme from Labyrinth. I think with Fei. Like. Mean,
0: like to be honest, like I'm a I, you know, I'm a Bowie appreciator, yeah. and you know, I. I, well, I live in hope. Own. I live in hope.
1: You know, the the, the site's still up. Just, <laughs> I mean, I could really hear. Um, I could really hear Bob bust out "Blue Jean." I just met a girl called Blue Jean. I think, you know, I could really wrapping <laughs> yourself, wrapping your lips around that one, Kev. You know and the thing that i kind of want to end on
0: um because you know i think that it's kind of all the stuff that we talked about and all the things that i wanted to talk about that we mm-hmm. didn't it all kind of kind of it all kind of comes to comes to this like i suppose i think about for myself like i think about um how getting into music was such a powerful uh Way of it, it kind of turned me into the person that I am in so many ways. It, it affected the way that I saw the world. It um, it introduced me to uh, people who then kind of changed my way of looking at yeah. things. It really shaped my world view. I mean, it's quite incredible that um, that the music that you discover, certainly in your formative years, but hopefully that is an ongoing thing. How it can actually Change your, uh, you know, your mind. Change your brain. Yeah. Change how you see the world. Change how you think about yeah. things. Change your direction in yeah. life.
1: You know, give you, cause you, you to make give you an decisions. identity. You know, help help you get an identity that exactly, too... which is which is what yeah. it's, which exactly which is like
0: kind of like the end end goal yeah. in a way. So I, I I guess I just wanted to finish by asking you, you know, how, you know, music any or any specific music has, how it's kind of changed you as a person, how it's made you who you are and, and how it's kind of shaped your
1: experience and your view of the world. that's a big question for the last five minutes. I know. Well, You know what? I'd I'd sign off by, I I would, I would wrap this up in, in, in one line and and going back, let's leave it with David Bowie because, um, at a, the last tribute just after David Bowie died, um, at the, I think it was the Brit Awards, some like that, and Gary Oldman, uh, who was a, a close friend of David Bowie's, was asked to, you know, to kind of say a few words. Um, I think they would give, like, David Bowie a posthumous uh, some kind of award, and and he said that um, David Bowie's final words that he shared with Gary Oldman um, in an email he sent to Gary Oldman was, "Music has been my doorway of perception and the house that I live in," and I think that's mm. a really cool way to look at it. Yeah. It's the house that you live in, and it's, I know it's been the house that I live in. Um, just kind of obsessed over and, and, um, you know, it's certainly, uh, you know, I've, I've been diagnosed recently with, well, in the last few years with, with, you know, bipolar disorder and had my own kind of struggles with mental health issues and, and what have you, which, um, yeah. I'm quite cool with talking about. Um, and in fact, yeah. there's a great website just before we go called, uh, music feedback who, with a lot of musicians sharing their, their, um, their, uh, experiences. But, um, definitely for me, it's, you know, music has got me through some pretty rough, rough times. Um, and yeah, it's yeah. the house that I live in. It's something that you can always come back to. It's a real home. And uh, yeah, I guess that's what it's been for me. You know, it's my homie.
0: Well, Steve Parkin, I thank you so much for uh, doing this for me. Um, pop in, pop in I, your ch- I really hope. Popping
1: your cherry, Kev. I hope
0: that people get to hear it. And you know what? If they don't, we'll fucking do it again because. Yeah. Uh, you know talking to you for like 80 minutes
1: is like like they've turned off by now mate that's it they're gone no
0: talking to you for 80 minutes is a fucking pleasure it's like the easiest thing (laughs) in the world thanks so much buddy no worries